Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Morning, good evening, good afternoon, or good night. However and whenever it is you may be listening, thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of the Take It Easy podcast. Happy Wednesday, everybody. I hope y'all are doing awesome here today we've got a fun show planned for you today game one of the nba finals is in the books and uh if you are a Giannis stan like i am here it was a tough one to watch but we did learn that Giannis antetokounmpo when not healthy is basically deandre ayton which is kind of remarkable um those two had about the same stat lines last night so you'll hear all those thoughts about a game one that was a blowout and then was close for a teensy weensy second before Devin Booker and Chris Paul went berserk at the end of the game. The Phoenix Suns win game one. And uh, as a wise man once said, Suns in four. So I'm saying Bucks in six, but we'll get to all of that coming up later on in the show, as well as our friend House of Phoenix Suns. We've got a a game one watch party where we kind of played around with some fun things during the second half. And thank you to everyone who stopped into our YouTube live streams or our Instagram live streams. Um, We were bouncing around all throughout there. In addition to that, we had some watch party fun with the podcast. So the back end of today's show will be our live game one watch party. I was hoping we'd get something like close at the end and have an epic moment. Like when uh, I was live, when Chris Middleton hit that, game winner all that long time ago. Remember when uh, the Bucks were playing the Heat back in the very first playoff game of the entire NBA postseason? Remember that back in May? Well, we were live on the air when Chris Middleton hit that game winner, and this was the awesome call that we got from that that I just want to share right now on the podcast. Oh, Goran Dragic! 107-107! Oh my goodness! Goran Dragic! has tied the game, and there are 12 seconds left. One shot, Middleton is holding it. They're going to let Middleton take the last shot. Seven, six, five, four. Middleton drives, double team, flips it up. Oh! Oh! Chris Middleton with .5 seconds. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Lots of good times. So House of Phoenix Suns and I will be discussing the NBA playoffs and of course the magical 
Phoenix Suns victory, also with a little bit of laughs mixed in. So we will get to that in a second. But before we do, I wanted to touch on a subject that I've been following here today as part of our A Block, which is the headline that a Florida-based MMA training academy called American Top Team is investing $540,000 to give to each of the Miami Hurricanes 90 scholarship players for next season a $6,000 name, image, and likeness deal for an entire year. So half a million dollars is being invested in the Miami Hurricanes in a strategic play. Like This is a very unique situation where if you know the, the financings of college football, like a lot of this, and college basketball to an extent, a lot of this was just done by, under the table before where we had um, boosters from schools uh, as well as shoe companies and apparel companies working through agents or representatives for agents to help funnel money to top recruits in the hopes that they would one day sign with their company or sign with that agency. It's a mutually beneficial relationship for the two. And so... That has been going on under the table for quite some time. But now that name, image, and likeness deals can be done over the table, where we have other Miami Hurricane star quarterback, De'Eric King, having now five name, image, and likeness deals, if you count the um, American top team deal with his entire team, as well as opening his own merch store in Miami, um, where you can get like signed jerseys, signed footballs, things like that, which is going to be big because Derek King might be one of the Heisman frontrunners this year and isn't someone who's got big NFL potential. So this is a huge financing opportunity for Derek King and for the University of Miami. And so these deals reflect the new name, image, and likeness rules, whether it's, you know, obviously Derek King or the story we talked about on radio of these uh, Fresno State women's basketball players who are twins who have like two or three million followers on TikTok. And so they got a Boost Mobile deal with a banner in Times Square when name, image, and likeness went into effect on July 1st. And all of the, like the top people are getting their deals, but this deal where everyone on the team gets a deal from the MMA Training Academy actually reflects a big change, but also reflects the point that I talked about last week where we need to keep putting pressure on the NCAA to make changes um, that go beyond name, image, and likeness and one-time transfer rules that will change the landscape of college sports. One of the ways that this happened was through this deal with the Florida-based MMA Training Academy. So if we add this to the Drexel University study that came out in 2018 that said between all four years, and this is an average of top D1 recruit, like Power 5 football players, make are worth about $1 million across four years to their university. And they make with the, you know, tuition and food and housing and, and all the swag you get from $27 million facilities um, at LSU, which was just announced, you know, they made it a couple of years ago. But anyways, what I'm going to there is that they make uh, $160,000, but they're worth a million dollars to the university. So in simple math, that makes college players earn, on average, 16 cents on the dollar for their labor at colleges and universities, which, you know, if you made 16 cents on the dollar, you would start to ask whether or not you a crime was, be com was being committed on you. So let's add this deal into that equation. So $6,000 per student athlete 
the average student athlete already has 160,000. Then we multiply it by four years, so that's $2,400. I'm sorry, no, $24,000 per student athlete if they're a four year starter or just four year scholarship player at the University of Miami. $24,000 added to the 160,000 that we already have equals $184,000 that the student athlete makes just from this one endorsement deal with the University of Miami. And that reflects now. 18.4 cents on the dollar for what the student athletes are making relative to what they are worth to the university. And this is an important distinction. $24,000 is not an insignificant amount of money by any stretch of the imagination, especially when it's not your primary source of income. $6,000 a year is a great part-time job. And so these deals work these deals are part of the equality push to help student-athletes receive fair compensation by whatever the wage market may dictate, but also it doesn't make a significant dent into what they are worth. It's about 18 cents on the dollar instead of 18 and a half cents on the dollar instead of 16 cents on the dollar, which when you put it in that macro view is not quite fair when it comes to what the end goal should be in closing that gap between what they are worth to the universities and what they make in terms of compensation. So again, this reflects the change that happened overnight within a week. You have that gap moving forward. We're seeing the results of name, image, and likeness at a school like Miami, which I assume other schools will follow this because why would Miami be unique to other schools if this is a potential recruiting pitch? and reflecting the fact that there's still a long way to go. There's significant overnight change with this name, image, and likeness legislation, but at the same time, there is still much to be accomplished in the push for compensation and wages for student-athletes and the NCAA, which is ultimately just a battle of management versus labor. And the fall of shamaturism reflects that battle between labor and management it is the battle of our lifetime in sports specifically, but again, sports reflects society at large. So with that being said, let's move back over to the NBA sphere and talk with our friend House of Phoenix Suns celebrating a magical Game 1 victory for his sons and our fun little watch party where we just have a bunch of shenanigans and combined sofa thoughts, which is a segment from 2019 that we did on the podcast in the, the doles of summer 2019 when we first started and the watch parties that we've been doing all postseason on YouTube and Instagram live, um, which you can also subscribe to that with the link in the bio to, or the link in the description to today's episode, as well as on our Instagram accounts, comical sports memes and take it easy. That's enough shameless plugging. Let's get to house of Phoenix Suns, who you should also follow on Instagram and enter their giveaway for the NBA Finals. Got it. You should check out his stuff too, and the link is in the description as well. Hello. Hello. Hey, how's it going? It's going great. How are you feeling right now? Man, I'm glad we're talking a little bit after the game because I've finally calmed down a little bit and I'm starting to actually speak in clear sentences and gather all my thoughts because, man, that was a great game, and I'm so happy with everything that we did. Yes. So our friend House of Phoenix Suns is here, and uh, 
they are three games away from the NBA Finals. They kicked ass in game one. That's the other part that I wanted to mention. They kicked ass on the Milwaukee Bucks in game one. So uh, Devin Booker and Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton combined for 81 points in game one, which is unbelievably it was unbelievable to see that game played the way it was for the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, and that's what we're gonna need for the these next three wins. If we're gonna want, if we're gonna get these three wins, is the big three really need to come up big for us as they did today? And I mean, they had no answer for the pick and roll with Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton. Like there was nothing, nothing they could do. Uh, Devin Booker didn't have a great shooting night. Like the last time I checked, uh, the box score, he was shooting like seven of nineteen and one for seven from three, but. I mean, he still he still got his points, and we still figured out a way to to score. So it's just it just makes me so happy that we finally figured out things how to win games without Devin Booker scoring thirty points. Yeah, yeah and, and ultimately later when we have a fun little like watch party thing. But um, the Phoenix Suns shot tw- I think twenty three of twenty four from the free throw line, and their only miss was Jay Crowder at the garbage time so they were basically perfect at the free throw line and a lot of that was Devin Booker like Devin Booker Mm -hmm. I think got like shot 12 free throws or something which is big when you're shooting like seven for 19 it's the James Harden Trey Young formula of the free throw line and hit all your free throws and you can survive a bad shooting game and still have 27 points yeah and I mean you got to find a way to contribute and I mean, the only way Devin Booker really knows how to contribute, I mean, no disrespect to his defense, because today his defense was actually really good, but he's not known for his defensive prowess. Like Jay Crowder, for example, he didn't shoot the ball well, but he, he made big plays on defense. But Devin Booker, he only knows how to impact offensively. So he was passing the ball really well, and then he's like, I, I need to find a way to score. I'm not shooting well, so might as well get to the line and then get my points, and that's what he did, so. He figured out you a way. Mentioned, you mentioned Jay Crowder. That was one of my favorite stats that I saw. This is courtesy of Stat News after the game. Uh, Jay Crowder had one point. It was that one free throw at the end that he hit. He went one for two at the free throw line at the end. That was his only point in the game. Shot 0 for 7 from 3, and he was a plus 19 in the box score, which was the best of any Phoenix Sun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I'm, I'm glad we have a player like that that doesn't need stats to impact the game. Like, the plus or minus is a big stat to me because I mean, Brooke Lopez, he was the leading scorer for the bucks for a little while, but he also had the worst plus or minus because he couldn't defend Chris Paul with a crap. So it's like, yeah, they just kept switching him and Booker on every time. Yeah. It's like, is he really contributing as much as it shows on the box score? I mean, because in reality, he didn't really, he he defensively costed them the game. Well, not including Giannis's free throws, but that's besides yeah. the point. I mean, Giannis didn't take too many in the game, but that yeah. we'll get to Giannis's offense, I'm guessing, at some point. But to your point on Brooke Lopez, um, yeah, they just kept switching over and over. It's just like, let's switch Chris Paul here. Let's switch Devin Booker here. There was one that I was like the unofficial dagger of the game when they cut it to a seven-point game in the fourth quarter, and then Booker hit – I can't remember if Booker hit the two or the three, but they got it up to like 10, and there was like four minutes left, and Chris Paul just – Blew past Brooke Lopez, hit the brakes on. Lopez, like, ran into his back, and Chris Paul just got the easiest and one layup that he could get. And it was like, yeah, that was basically the story of the game, is Brooke Lopez just running into people and kind of getting yeah. exposed defensively, which has been a problem for the Bucks going back to the Heat series, where they're like, 
do you take Brooke Lopez out? And I'm like, they don't have the depth to take yeah, Brooke and, Lopez out. And I mean, obviously, so my, my dad, he's not an NBA analyst. He doesn't, he knows even less basketball than I do, but he was, he, he told me, he was like, maybe the Bucks go small and they just ditch Brooke Lopez and he'll come on every once in a while. But so that got me thinking, I was like, okay, that I, I think actually helps the Suns even more because DeAndre Ayton can just focus on Giannis. And then I think we have better wing players than the Bucks do. So I think we'll be fine. Like we would be even, we'd be super fine if the, the Bucks decided to go small. I don't think that they will, but if they did for some reason decide that, especially now that we don't really have a backup center, but Dario Saric being out, I mean, Frank Kaminsky, yeah. He can do something, but yeah, being there is just funny. Seeing Frank Kaminsky in the finals is funny. Yeah, and, and actually getting minutes, I was I was surprised by that. I'm sure he was as well. But but yeah, like if if the Bucks do decide to try going small, I think the Suns will will win that battle again if if they try. And to even their even their small isn't that small because by small, I'm guessing what people assume is that you switch Brooke Lopez for Bobby Portis and then yeah. you start Bobby Portis at center. So it's not even like a ridiculously small lineup. But the, the problem with that always has been the Bucks would have to shoot better, and it feels like every game except for that one game five against uh, what was it against or game was it game five or game six against Atlanta. Other than that game, it feels like either Middleton or Holiday is going to hit shots, and then one night they might hit it, and one night they might not. But between the two of them, they shot five. Middleton is 5 for 12 from three, and Drew Holiday was 0 for 4. So, I mean, Middleton shot by volume. He was good, but, you know, seven missed three-pointers is really going to hurt you. And then, obviously, Drew Holiday just had a bad game. So, Milwaukee does – I don't know if Milwaukee's going to be able to get enough shooting to match the small lineup because, obviously, Giannis – at, at some point, I love that they were just daring Giannis to shoot three-pointers. Yeah, and so, I mean, he, he, he banged when I was even sitting there on the couch. I was like, oh, shoot it, Giannis. And then I shot it. He shot it, and he made it. And then my family just like, don't don't tell him to shoot. <laughs> I was no, like, there were, there were two he, of them. he barely made it. There were two of them where he shot it, where I'm like, at some point, it's like with Westbrook. It happens all the time, where it's like, at some point, they're just so far back that you have to shoot it. Like, they just, yeah, they're just leaving you wide open. Yeah, it's yeah. just it gets to a point where it's like they're not going to contest it, so it's actually a good shot. No matter how bad of a three-point shooter he is, it's actually a pretty good shot because they're not going to contest the three-pointer. Yeah. So there, I think the two that he shot were the two where I was like, okay, they're so far back that you have to shoot it. But when they, they yeah. switched Jay Crowder onto Giannis, and it took – I mean, Giannis was obviously like out of gas very clearly by like the third quarter, but it was still remarkable that Giannis – you know, Jay Crowder was – stripping the ball and cam johnson had a, a block in there and it, it was like yes Aiton was sticking on Giannis a bunch but it was like they would try and throw it into Giannis, and it was just immediate double team double team double team yeah I think. I, yeah and credit to monty williams like he had a really good plan of shutting training down Giannis. i saw this stat again it was like Giannis hadn't scored since like 50 seconds in the third quarter and we were like four minutes into the fourth quarter. And I was like, wow, this is, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. But. And, and the, the Suns had an interesting game plan after that, which was basically, um, let's just take away Chris Middleton and say, okay, we're, we're going to double Giannis every time. And he's obviously tired and is out of the offense. But after that, it's just like, okay, let's just guard Middleton every time. And like, 
sure, Pat Connaughton might hit a three, and sure, Bryn Forbes might hit a corner three, but let's just say deny Chris Middleton and we're good. And yes. it kind of it kind of worked in the fourth quarter, and then they got enough offense to supplement it. Yeah, and and like we'll live with someone else making shots. Like, yeah, Drew Holiday is expected to make some shots. So if, if we have to leave Drew Holiday, he's more inconsistent than than Chris Middleton. Like, I would if I had to give up one or the other, I would give up Holiday over Middleton every day of the week. So, I mean, yeah. you gotta you can't guard everyone at all times in, in the NBA. So you gotta live with with shots from other other guys, and you just gotta pick who those guys are and hope they miss. Especially when Drew Holiday's having as bad a game as he was having. You can exactly. all of a sudden change the way that you're playing your defense. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I don't know what the Bucks could do because it seemed like whatever they tried, the Suns were really there to, to stop them. If we – and, like, Devin Booker, like I said, he didn't have the best shooting night. So, if he, he comes out in game two and is shooting, we'll say, 10% better than he shot today, I don't know. Like, I don't know how they – the Bucks expect to win game two yeah 10 better this was the beauty of the suns when they went on that nine game win streak was like okay so you're gonna get you know four players in double figures and you're four players with over 15 and three players scoring 20 or more points this this looked like the way the suns were playing against the lakers with no ad and you know the nuggets and that that's where it felt like the suns offense was at its best or at least humming in, in unison towards the Clipper series. It was like, okay, a 41 pointer from Chris Paul or a, you know, 40 pointer from Devin Booker here and there. Yeah. Um, but th- it, this felt more like, okay, everyone's back, everyone's healthy and we, we can run the offense the way we've been running it the whole season. Yeah, exactly. And like Cam Johnson off the bench, Mikhail Bridges contributing, like Jay Crowder obviously didn't con- contribute like we talked about, but, Someone else was there to contribute as well. Campaign contributed. It just like that's the beauty of this team. I, I think I mentioned this before um, on on this podcast is that it, it's just really nice to have guys other than Devin Booker to score because before this season, that's pretty much all we had. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great point. Is that when you have those supplemental pieces, even Devin Booker gets better. And yeah, Devin Booker did shoot quite poorly, but still when you get to the free throw line, it doesn't matter because it, under normal circumstances where you don't have 32 and nine from Chris Paul. Yeah. Your team's kind of in trouble, but it was uh it was a great supplement to what the offense was doing outside of Devin Booker, who again, still had 27 points, like not to pretend Devin Booker yeah. had a bad game, but it was, it was inefficient. Let's say or yeah. it was an inefficient 27 because he was missing a lot of shots and getting to the free throw line. Yeah, and it, it just feels like, at least from from my point of view, is that if if someone on the Suns scores thirty points, we're gonna win the game. Like I don't I don't know the last time someone scored thirty and we lost. I mean that might just be biased from me because obviously I don't lost expect very to lose any game. I was yeah. gonna say they haven't much lost. They haven't lost much recently. So yeah, and, and uh, I'm assuming I haven't. Uh, this is just off the top of my head, so I don't know if it's factual or backed up by stats, but just, like, I'm assuming those games that we lost, nobody scored 30 points. Well, I know the one that you lost to the Clippers was where everyone played terribly except Paul George, and that was just – that was a weird game in general. So, yeah, that one you could – that one I think you could make a case that you're right, that, you know, nobody nobody shot poorly – or nobody shot well, and that was kind of the fault for the Suns. I think you can make a case for that one. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I yeah. mean, I, I don't see any reason otherwise. I think you're probably right. So the, that, that should just be the benchmark for us is to get someone to 30 efficiently. And I'm assuming, I mean, the most efficient way to get it would be DeAndre Ayton because he has been like <laughs> the most efficient player ever. So yeah. that would be the best way, but obviously that's not going to happen. Yeah, uh, no, like DeAndre Ayton has some shortcomings, but it, I mean, DeAndre Ayton was awesome. I also love that we learned that basically an injured Giannis and a tired Giannis is DeAndre Ayton because they basically had the exact same stat line in the game. I think Giannis was 20 and 17 and Ayton was 22 and 18 or something. But yeah, I mean, I'll take four more minutes. Yeah, I'll take Ayton being an 80% Giannis. Yeah, but like, Aiton, Aiton and Giannis canceling each other out is like, oh, now it's Middleton and Drew Holiday versus Devin Booker and Chris Paul yeah. at its and, dumbest level, like dumbing basketball down to its simplest level. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. And then maybe today, I, I don't know how many points Chris Middleton had, but Middleton and Booker probably canceled each other out. But then yeah, Chris Paul yeah. annihilated <laughs> Drew Holiday. So. And annihilated. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So yeah. and um to to back up the stats you're talking about. So Middleton finished with twenty nine and seven and Devin Booker finished with twenty seven and six. So oh, yeah, yeah, basically canceled each other out. But Chris Middleton played almost the whole game. Like for, yeah, for I, didn't, all the I didn't notice that at first. Wow. Yeah, Chris Middleton had forty five minutes in there, but for I think him and Booker and Paul George, I think are the ones who had the most minutes this season in the playoffs. So those guys have logged a lot of minutes in the playoffs, and both of them were over forty minutes tonight. Jeez, that's a good stat. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, Middle Middleton was. I'm sorry, uh, Devin Booker was right up there because I know everyone was saying like. Um, Paul George played like a hundred more minutes than the second closest, which was Devin Booker for a while. Wow. So wow. yeah, yeah, it huh. turned out pretty good there for them. So game two is the game plan the same or do you like, uh, let's say, I don't know how the game's going to go, but they, they can't like, I assume leave Middleton open unless Middleton is going to have another one of those weird games where he plays terribly, but I feel like defensively, you kind of come out with the same strategy against Giannis. Yeah, because I, I don't know how else the Bucks can really run their offense if it's not Giannis doing Giannis things. So if you just stop Giannis from, from driving and doing what he does, I, I don't know what the Bucks could possibly do to fix that. Like, or at the very least, if you turn it into a shootout between you know Booker and Paul and Middleton and, um, and Drew Holiday – at the very least, if that's what the series is going to be, you guys can win, you know, three out of six, which is all you have to win now to win the series. Like in those shootout types, like both teams might struggle to hit shots now and then. And one night they might be on and one night they might be off. But now if you look at it that way, all you got to do is win three out of six and you're going to win yeah. the series. Yeah, exactly. It's nice to have the advantage now. And if we can get the 2-0 series lead, especially because everyone – always says like you gotta keep your home court advantage so we have to win game two it's a must win really in my my opinion to go yeah. to to milwaukee steal one there and then take it to game five the suns can't win any series at home though so go to game six and then we'll win <laughs> yeah, in six. yeah so go, either... go to the valley go back to the valley for, yeah. uh game well no actually game five would be in phoenix and then game six would be at yeah. the uh the deer district which by the way the yeah. deer district looks so sad i'd like to point that out oh, the deer district yeah, looks so sad at the end 
It really did. So I think, like, for the Suns, it's either going to be in four or it's going to be in six. There's no, there's no five. There's <laughs> from no what, five? There's no not five. Not from what it appears so far in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, it would be, it would be strange if they end up going four because that would mean yeah. either Middleton or Giannis – I'm sorry, Middleton or Drew Holiday just had a catastrophically bad series. But Yeah, I, I don't expect four at all. Like, I, the only reason I said that was because that's the only way we could end it in Milwaukee. So yeah. I don't think it's going four at all. Don't don't quote me on that, anyone listening. Please don't say, no, oh, I yeah, he's done the four. <laughs> no, I agree. Obviously, Giannis isn't healthy, but I think just Giannis by himself can single-handedly give you one game. Like Giannis just yes. carrying and scoring, yeah. you know, 40 and 15 can get you one game, no matter how good Chris Paul and Devin Booker yeah. are. I would be shocked. I would be shocked if the Bucks didn't win one or two games for that matter. Yeah, well, I had originally said Bucks and six, and I'm not quite feeling that anymore. Now seeing that, like, oh, Giannis is basically DeAndre Ayton now, which, <laughs> yeah. to be fair, is better than not having DeAndre Ayton. But very clearly he, he needed – because he hadn't been running for a week. And obviously he got kind of gassed by, like, middle of the third quarter. And it was like, okay, now the now the, the Suns can switch a smaller man on to – Giannis and basically shut him down because Giannis doesn't have the gas to keep up and and Crowder drew an offensive foul in there at one point it was like oh okay yeah this is like being outworking because Giannis doesn't have the same explosiveness that makes him bigger stronger faster MVP yeah yeah I know what you mean so I if I'm gonna give my prediction I mean I'm biased uh, I would say Suns and six then <laughs> I'll say Suns so- and six Suns and six that they're gonna they're gonna close out in the Deer District. Yeah, and we're gonna win our first ever NBA championship. Yep. You guys are on the way to that. It's it's one oh Phoenix, baby. So uh check out House of Phoenix Suns also for all the coverage during the rest of the series because they I mean you also got a fun giveaway. I saw that too. So you can enter yeah, that and as well. Uh, there's a lot more to come as well. Yes. Phoenix Suns, three damn games away from a championship. Let's also, could I? We laughed at Kaminsky a little bit, but the other, the other thing that I found like really funny was Jay Crowder flexing after. I I don't remember if it was a a, that charge on Giannis, but whatever it was, it was Jay Crowder flexing. I'm like, I know he's feeling himself, but also he's Jay Crowder. Yeah, and 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 he's standing next to Giannis. (laughs) Yeah, that was like he was giving a flex. I'm like, I get the hype and I get your home building, but you're Jay Crowder. Yeah, (laughs) that's funny. Yeah, that was cool. Um, There was one kid who was like in the front row behind the bench, and I saw him like doing the one, two, three, four thing. I was like, oh man, that kid is ruthless on the box right there. Yeah, (laughs) but there was. There was some funny. There was a lot of funny to pick out of it, which you start to notice those things when it gets to be like a 20-point game and Cam Payne yeah. is hitting three-pointers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, well, by then, like, I was feeling really good when it was three minutes left. We were up by a lot. I was like, there's no point. I, I'm not nervous. I'm just going to just relax. <laughs> we won this one. Let's, let's focus on the next one. Yes. And again, this one felt like how the Lakers and Nuggets, when we were talking about the Lakers and Nuggets series during that seven game win streak, that's this, this game felt like those, this one felt like, okay, here's, you know, guys in situations hitting shots, whether it's Payne or Bridges or Cam Johnson even had a three pointer in there. And, you know, four guys have 15 points and your big three has 80 points between the three of them. It felt like those games all over again, and they won seven in a row. So I think 
there's no reason to think the Suns can't do this over and over and over again. Yeah, like the the Clippers series was the outlier because we we still managed like we found a way to win and that's what good teams do is find a way to win but we didn't win how we usually win yeah i think chris paul's covid situation kind of messed him up a little bit yeah and and it seemed like the last game of the Clippers series was more more of our style of play and then now we're finally getting our groove back to where we had it before chris paul uh was out for covid so we're, we're getting our momentum back again and it feels like Nobody can stop us. That's how I feel. But I hope those players feel the same way. So uh, let's go. Phoenix Suns win game one. And uh, House of Phoenix Suns is getting pumped because uh, he's three games away from the finals after being. I, I saw you repost the other day the, uh, the the final box score from the 19 win season and then <laughs> put it next to them making the finals. I'm like, Man, that is that's just feel good. That that made me feel good for you to come all that yeah. way and yeah, like I I was getting a little bit of goosebumps like posting it because I was like, wow, I really I really posted this and I thought it was great because uh, Jamal Crawford scored fifty points. Yeah, <laughs> and then but we lost, so I was like, like oh, it's okay. We ended the season on a high note. Like we're gonna get a good pick, and then now here I am, two years later, I'm posting about the Suns in the NBA Finals. I, I just can't believe it happened so quickly. I knew yeah. it would happen eventually. I just didn't think it happened right now. That, that's cool. That's just awesome to hear, man. Uh, I'm happy for you. And I'm happy for the Phoenix Suns. And, uh, yeah, we're what? Well, get next game's on Thursday. So, uh, until then, good luck to you. And uh, enjoy, enjoy the uh, two days of celebration in Phoenix before you have to, again, defend home court. Yeah, thank you. And uh, I'm really excited for game two. And I'll talk to you later. Thanks for having me on here. Absolutely. And for people who are still tuning in, we got a uh, our watch party coming up next where I just kind of say some fun things over and over again. So, yeah, we can play around with this watch party function. So Suns had 12 free throws made in the first half and the Milwaukee Bucks had two. And that seemed to be the entire difference. Both teams hit the same number of three-pointers. They hit the same number of shots from the field, even though the Bucks took a few more shots, and all of them were on that like that weird tip thing. So a uh, 13-point lead for the Suns here with about nine minutes left to go. Suns have not lost so far in the postseason when they have a double-digit lead. So the Suns are the anti-chokers right now. Just a reminder, they're up 13 with nine minutes left here in the third. Bucks had to use another timeout. That one's going to be rough for them right now. Again, I love that just the entire offense for Milwaukee right now is not only let's run the offense through Brooke Lopez, who's their leading scorer in the game right now, but also let's run the offense through Brooke Lopez shooting exclusively three-pointers. What if we had not just Brooke Lopez run the offense, we had Brooke Lopez shoot exclusively three-point shots right now. I love this mentality for for the Milwaukee Bucks as they find themselves down 16 with four minutes left to go in the third quarter and had to burn another timeout here. Uh, we are inching ever so close to blow out territory. Is Giannis like down and out for something? Like they, they're down 16. It's the, it's late in the third quarter. Giannis isn't even out there right now. This is, this is genuinely shocking right now. Like genuinely shocking that Giannis is out of the game. Like they, he's just, he's not in it. And now, oh, there you go. Now it's, now it's an 18 point game. 
and Bobby Portis is now running the offense. It's no longer the Brook Lopez attack. It's now the Bobby Portis attack. Uh, this is this is a terrible job by the Milwaukee Bucks. Just all around terrible. Um, and still Bucks and six. Devin Booker's doing what Giannis should be doing the whole game. He just keeps getting in there, drawing fouls. Like this has been this has been excellent job by Devin Booker so far. Mike Budenholzer always just sounds disinterested. Just everything he says is disinterested. Locker room speeches, sideline reports. I imagine him in the huddle, mic'd up, is probably boring. Just everything sounds just so disinterested. Like his voice is just so monotone. And that monotone just gives off, I really don't want to be here. Like that button Squidward had in, in that one SpongeBob episode with the Krusty Krab training manual. By the way, for people older than 30, SpongeBob SquarePants was a very popular kids' television show that you will hear Gen Z reference all the time once they reach power in the near future. The Deer District looks so sad right now. It makes me sad. I don't want the Deer District to look sad. The Deer District is so cool. It can fit more people than the actual Bucks Arena. While we're talking about the Deer District, let's play an impromptu game of Name That Stadium. All right, ladies and gentlemen, what do you think the name of the Milwaukee Bucks Arena is? Is the Milwaukee Bucks Stadium named A, the Fiserv Forum, B, the Bradley Center, or C, State Farm Arena? Those are your three options for an impromptu game of Name That Stadium. If you guessed the answer was, I'm just giving people enough time to pause just in case they need more time, A, the Fiserv Forum. Uh, you would be correct, although we should just call their entire stadium the Deer District because uh, that is an excellent name for a stadium. should just be called the Deer District. Just like the Raptor Stadium should be called Jurassic Park. Although, Jurassic Park is a little bit scarier than Deer District, I have to say. Jurassic Park, but also their mascot is just scarier. Like, just being a raptor is scarier than being a buck. This has been a really bad game when we're in the third quarter and uh, it's a 20-point lead and we're evaluating Milwaukee Bucks stadium names and analysis of different mascots. Actually, no, that video of Mike Leach analyzing mascots was really funny. You know what? Maybe we should just randomly play that video of Mike Leach analyzing mascots. Playing that Mike Leach video would be more entertaining than watching or analyzing this Milwaukee Bucks and Phoenix Suns game because the answer is Milwaukee Bucks just aren't generating enough offense in the second half and the Phoenix Suns kind of whooped up on them right now. So uh, I think the better way to analyze it would just be to play this Mike Leach sound that I'm going to... You know what? Let's do it. Let's play this Mike Leach sound here on the podcast. Well, first of all, what kind of mythical powers does a Sun Devil have? We've got to consider that. I'm going to say the Wildcat's out. Uh, the Trojan, is he? does he have a horse or is he on foot? Does he have a bow and arrow or just his sword? Uh, the Bruin, definitely formidable. Um, uh, another bear up there at Cal. Uh, the tree, I imagine that tree's going to get chopped down. Um unless we're going to go with the bird and somebody might get pecked or something. I don't know. And then um, the duck the duck might lose interest and just fly away and get out of there, which may be good advice under the circumstances. 
the husky, no chance. Uh, the beaver, well, we'll see how long that beaver can hold his breath. Um, the uh, the ute again. We're back to uh, is he on horseback? Does he have a bow and arrow? Did he trade for a rifle? I mean, you know, because if that ute's got a rifle, there's some definite problems. And then um, and uh, and you know, you'd have to get one of those Harry Potter activists to read up on how you kill a sun devil because there's a lot of uh, outside stuff there. Um, just as far as a beast alone, uh, a buffalo's going to be pretty hard to tangle with. I mean, a, bu a buffalo's utterly outstanding. <laughs> I mean, geez, that is unbelievable. 19 for 19 at the free throw line for the Phoenix Suns so far. An unofficial dagger is when campaign starts crossing over your defenders. I think that's like an unofficial dagger in the hearts of your team is when you're getting crossed over by campaign. To be fair, it was Biscuits who got crossed over there. So, um, yeah, sorry, Pat Connaughton. By the way, I think Mina Kimes had the tweet of the night where she put out that uh, Pat Connaughton is just Bill Burr with hair. And, uh, you know, Pat Connaughton, you know, maybe Pat Connaughton looks about five to ten years younger than Bill Burr, but the, the resemblance is indeed uncanny. I'm going to be thinking about that and Biscuits every time I see Pat Connaughton for the next, like, four seasons when the Milwaukee Bucks are inevitably back in the finals because Giannis can carry, right? 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 Gian Giannis is the beast, right? Why would I be nervous? Why would I be nervous about the Milwaukee Bucks? Hey, there we go. Cut it to 13, though. As Charles Barkley would say, though, Drew Holiday's got that magical triple single going on right now. Eight points, six rebounds, nine assists. The wonderful triple single from the player who the Bucks need a 25-piece from right now because we are nine minutes from the end of the game and Brooke Lopez still remains their leading scorer at 17 points. One, two, three, four, five, six... Seven, eight. Oh, Giannis got it off. Okay, so I guess I guess Giannis is ahead. All right, Biscuits has already hit one. Let's see if we got one from Gravy. Oh, let's go. Gravy train. So now Pat Connaughton, Biscuits got a three-pointer. Gravy got a three-pointer. Bryn Forbes probably should have explained that on the front end, but people who listen to the podcast consistently, you know about Biscuits and Gravy. Uh, all right, Bucks have cut it to nine. Bucks got it down to seven, and all of a sudden, Chris Paul, Devin Booker just said, nope, we are not letting you come back in this one. So now they've got a 12-point lead. Cam Johnson buries a shot from the Oculus logo. Chris Paul and one for the dagger. I, I think I'm going to call it right now with uh, three minutes and 40 seconds. Chris Paul just hit a dagger on the Milwaukee Bucks, and uh, we are gonna win or the the we are gonna call it right now that the Suns are gonna win game one with Gian has Giannis scored in the second half I want to see this right now Giannis has 17 points so he scored in the second half but it's been it's been on a quite limited basis it's been a lot of Chris Middleton so far Giannis works inside oh he draws the foul Gosh, every single time Giannis is gets inside it's just every time they just either strip or get a foul like they just Giannis can't assert himself he draw he drew an offensive foul earlier 
it's been it's been, they've been Giannis stoppers like and so many good defenders whether it be you know Jay Crowder drawing a charge or Cam Johnson with the strips or all these guys they've just been like Giannis stoppers in game one which I was not expecting I was not expecting the the Suns to shut down Giannis I think Giannis is also tired like they mentioned it on the broadcast he hasn't been running in a week trying to rehab that knee I think Gian- Giannis plays at such a high efficiency that he's kind of run out of gas here 22 for 22 at the free throw line Phoenix Suns shot a hundred percent at the free throw line Milwaukee Bucks had eight free throws that's a 14 free throw difference no Jay Crowder oh Jay Crowder missed a free throw in garbage time they went 23 for 24 they missed the last free throw of the game Difference in free throws, 15. 23 made for the Suns, 8 made for the Bucks. 15-point difference. Final score, 13-point Phoenix lead. Giannis had 20 and 17, and that just about sums up how the game went down. You know, Giannis, Middleton had combined 49 points, and the Suns, I mean, yeah, the Suns duo of Chris Paul and Devin Booker had a whopping 59 and you add in the deandre ayton points 22 and 19 think about that deandre ayton played the exact same game as Giannis Antetokounmpo. he just did it in 39 minutes instead of 35 for Giannis. think about that even an injured Giannis is still deandre ayton that's kind of remarkable Giannis, who doesn't play for a week and is going on a hyperextended knee still plays like uh still plays like deandre ayton that's kind of remarkable to think about Bucks and six, maybe, maybe, maybe. Anyways, thanks for stopping into our watch party, ladies and gentlemen. The game has concluded. Um, leave those five-star reviews. Doesn't have to be a nice review, just has to be a five-star review. So thanks for stopping into the show today, ladies and gentlemen. And as always, take it easy. We'll talk to you again tomorrow with whatever other fantabulous shenanigans we have in store. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.